Yeah, usually each one has their own kind of color palette, which is derivative from the wash that I do. Usually that kind of sets the tone. And sometimes I do, like if I'm halfway through a painting and I'm not really sure, I'll take a picture and print it out and try and draw on it and see, try out different things. Welcome to the Studio Break Podcast. I'm your host, David Linaway. For today's 177th episode, I'm very pleased to be joined by Vanessa Urzik, who spoke with me from Boston, where she lives and works. Vanessa was selected as one of our 2016 competition winners in the pro category, so we're going to be talking all about her works, which explore layering of paint and masking and all sorts of shapes and intense colors. And again, you can check out all of her work at VanessaErzik.com, and I definitely would do that before listening to the interview so you can see some of her work and some of the range. Of course, we'll be breaking down her paintings coming up in this podcast, so stay tuned. Just to let you know, our 2017 competition is now open to all undergraduate and graduate students. So if you're currently enrolled in a program, or maybe you've just graduated, or maybe you graduated last fall, but you want to show your work, and you are a BA, BFA, or MA, MFA student, please apply to Studio Break competition. Again, it's open to all undergraduate and graduate students, so if you would like to apply or you know somebody that would like to apply or maybe you even have a student that would like to apply, please share this opportunity. Again, you can visit studiobreak.com. If you look right on the left, you'll find information for our competition. Pretty straightforward. Share a web link or send images and an artist statement. Once again, go to studiobreak.com to find out more information. If you are new to Studio Break and you're confused, again, we are a podcast and website that feature a variety of different artists. They come on, they share their processes, their histories, and talk about their work. And again, you can listen to these interviews right on studiobreak.com. You can scroll through their images, click on those hyperlinks to go to their websites and find out more information. And once again, we do have a big archive, so please check them out. One easy way to access that is just hit that iTunes link and you can scroll through or even subscribe to the podcast so please do that we are in a number of social media formats so once again if you are on facebook please like our page our tumblr account is studio-break.tumblr and last but not least you can send your tweets to at studio break on twitter and be sure to follow us there as well all right here is our interview with vanessa stay tuned Well, welcome to Studio Break, Vanessa Urzik. How are you this morning? I'm great. How are you? Excellent. And uh, again, it's nice to to get you in the studio so we can, you know, talk about all of these uh, wonderful paintings and everything. So before we get too far along, uh, again, where where are you talking with us today? I live in East Boston right now, and I have a studio in South Boston. And are you from that area? Did you grow up in that East East Coast Boston area? Yeah, I'm originally from New Bedford, and then I went to college in Boston, so I've been here ever since. And were you like a creative little uh, sprout kid? I see your work, and I just think drawing, lots of drawing as a kid. <laughs> yeah, I definitely painted everything. My parents were really wonderful in letting me, like, I painted a mural on my walls. My curtains were painted. One time I was painting on my mom's bed, like painting, uh, I don't know, on a canvas or something, mm-hmm. and I got 
like lime green paint on her pillowcase. Mm-hmm. So then I had to match the color to like paint over it so it would match the pillowcase. So she wouldn't know, but I think she found out. <laughs> well, at least at least it started early then, you know. Um, yeah. And then and then being able to color match, you know, that's that's a uh, that's yeah. something that'll come in handy later. <laughs> Definitely. Well, that's interesting. I mean, and is that something that kind of like continued uh, as you kind of get got older? Again, it's just weird because some some people come like straight for it and they just never stop, and some people, I don't know, come do it through different ways. Yeah, I think I've always just drawn, painted, and that's all I've ever done. I guess just in my free time, I I, I always find it funny when people have just normal jobs and then nothing to do after work. I feel. You know, I just have to feel compelled to do something, whether it's making whatever, sewing or painting or something creative. And did you take a lot of classes too then when you were kind of younger or was it more just on your own? Um, I did most of it on my own. Our high school wasn't um, super wonderful in the art department. We had like one art teacher for 4,000 kids. Jeez. Yeah, I know. It was rough. So um, I took classes at a nonprofit art center and I did a summer program at RISD when I was like 16. So just from then, just to make sure that I wanted to do art for school and mm-hmm. everything. Like that. And so d- is that something too, where just living where you're at, I mean, are you able, were you able to go to like lots of museums and stuff like that? Was that something that came up at that time or was that something that maybe with school started? Yeah, with college started. At home, we didn't really go. There wasn't a lot of museums, or we didn't really go to them. I did a lot of ballet growing up, so that was most of my life as a child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, again, it's it's interesting to think about. And so you said, you know, again, this experience uh, when you're 16, I mean, you kind of, it was solidified, like I'm doing art. So is that, you started out as an art major? and Yes, yeah. I started out at MassArt as a painting major, and my first day of um, studio painting, my teacher said, if you ever want to make money doing art, you're wrong. Get out of here. So I started double majoring the next day in, <laughs> in education because <laughs> I still wanted, I wanted to be a painter. But just knowing that, I don't know. I guess she was right that it's hard to be, be a painter and live off of it. Yeah, I was going to say it's, it's, it's something that can maybe doesn't get set enough or I don't know, you know, you don't know what you're getting yeah. into sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that was a good, I mean, I guess it was a good move for me, but yeah. 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 Well, certainly, <laughs> you know, I mean, again, I th- I think, you know, like you had just said, uh, you know, having a nine to five and not having a creative outlet. I mean, again, I think having uh, something to put all your energy into is exciting, you know? Yeah, definitely. Well, interesting. And so it was kind of more of like a, a fine art angle then as opposed to something super practical like a graphic design. Um, right. Wh- was there any kind of particular um, setup or system or, you know, again, they typically have those introductory kind of courses, but I'm just kind of curious what you gravitated towards uh, maybe early on that was impressionable. So I was a painting major, so we got our own painting studios and um, you start out doing, you know, more still life, just kind of learning how to mix and make things. And then while I was there, I did a lot of portraits and I did like a lot of abstract. So for a while I did only portraits, mostly of just the face and then got back into abstract as the years changed. I'm, I'm curious then too, are there, were there any like particular influences when you kind of really got into it? Jenny Seville is like my all time favorite painter. Her, her bodies are just so amazing and rich and deep and thick. And it, it's just She's really awesome. And Lucian Freud, I love him. 
those are my two main favorite people. I'm I'm curious then. So like in terms of the abstractions that you're just kind of talking about, were they, I don't know, could you describe them a little bit? Because obviously this is stuff that's, you know, maybe far and away removed from a, a website, you know, that that kind of like first starting work or, you know, the stuff that we think back on for undergraduate. But uh, what what did it look like? I mean, if you could describe it. Yeah, I think it was just, I'm drawn to color. So even like the portraits I did and how it translated into abstract, it was mostly about color and finding the right balance of brightness and just like harmony among a painting. I think I always just love that challenge. And I did, I tried that in both real representational and abstract, mostly just color based and I mean, it was oil paint, so it's more fluid and... Well, that's interesting because, again, it seems like then your more current work is more all, like, acrylic-based. Yes. Yeah, it is. So that's an interesting kind of uh, shift there again. Right. Yeah, it's just interesting. Everybody has their, like, like a preference, but it's interesting to think about the way that acrylic can layer and, and dry so quickly, too, because it seems like, again, the, the current work has a lot of layers. I'm wondering if that kind of older work that you kind of, like, maybe... Um, you know, wrapped up your undergraduate degree with, was, was that also something that was kind of like layered in both the, the figurative and the kind of abstract pieces? Yeah. I, I always love the idea of framing things. So I tend to block out areas or make shades of colors that cover over areas to frame certain things that I like in a painting. And I think I've always done that, especially with abstract in college I did more. I would add collage and I would paint on paper and then collage that in. So, yeah, just kind of layering and trying to find the right way to do it. Well, and again, just to kind of like maybe think about it relative to something that is in your current work. Again, it seems like there's a lot of like very finite, like small, you know, yeah. detail oriented stuff. Was that always something, too, that was, you know, kind of you were drawn to in terms of putting in your work? Yeah, I always doodle and draw and do these kind of pattern designs. And for a while, I was fighting myself in it, just thinking that they were like nice designs, which is, it's hard to translate that to, or for me to thinking of that as fine art, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Kind of incorporating it. So finally, I just, sometimes I, I get bored and just paint a bunch of papers and, you know, see what happens kind of. And I did a lot of these pattern paintings and really got into it. And then from there, I just went for it and started doing paper cuts from it and um, just like letting myself do it instead of giving myself so many rules, I think. Yeah. And it seems like then maybe that would be like something then that is almost like essentially just continued and extended then, you know, from that period. Because, I mean, again, it's interesting the way you describe that work. I mean, it very seem, it seems very fitting maybe in terms of some of the things that you're interested in now. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm curious because we talked a little bit about like some of these like design elements. And again, throughout the series, there's, I don't know, I don't even know. What the, I thought that they were like some sort of really printed detailed things, but they're kind of like the, all these like painted patterns and lines. Um, yeah. Was that something that like, again, is that's all just coming out of the head, like free association as you're working? Or is that something that you're pulling from sketchbooks or um, break down that process, I guess, a little bit of, you know, maybe how, you know, some of these works maybe kind of arrive, I guess. Okay. Yeah. So I never, sometimes I sketch do, like shapes that I want to do, but I'm not a huge sketcher or pre-planner. I never have been. Um, but when I start with like one of the circular paintings, I'll do washes on it because it's really thick watercolor paper. So I can treat the acrylic paint like watercolor. 
And then I sort of plan out a shape and I usually set up a couple of colors and with a flat brush, I just make marks. So I'll make the first line of marks and then just go from there. Um, I might have a certain palette that I want to work with, like, cause sometimes I don't limit myself and then it, you know, it gets a little muddy or a little bit chaotic and then I have to rein it back somehow. But I usually give myself a certain limited amount of colors and then, you know, just go for it. It seems more, I, I have a lot of people telling me it looks like very computer designed or motherboard ish, mm-hmm. but, um, I couldn't be further away than from working from the computer in general. I'm like so bad at computer. <laughs> um, so <laughs> it's, it's funny how it, people perceive it and how opposite that is from reality. You get the impression that it's like a, just a very meticulous and, um, even handed kind of like technique that I think most people just associate like, man, it's got to take too much time to do it by hand. There's got to be, you know, a printing process or something that eases that almost. Right. And again, I would imagine that's something that too, like, um, gets more apparent, you know, as you're seeing them too, because maybe kind of seeing them on a smaller scale that, um, you know, the hand might even look more, uh, tight and kind of rigid. But again, there, there is some like, little fluctuation or shifts that kind of happen. It's interesting to, to see them. And again, think about that kind of, um, that space that you get again, there's kind of like a funky, you know, layering of these different shapes and, and they kind of become really optical too. Yeah. I try at least to make them optical. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I would imagine just kind of based on the way that you describe you're you're kind of like setting up a whole bunch of these at the same time as you're maybe like working through a specific format. Is is that typically how you wind up working? Like I'm going to be working on these rectangular pieces and then it's like layering on all that watercolor like for a wash and then kind of like layering it like that. In terms of the longer rectangular pieces, I think you're talking about the older series, right? Mm-hmm. The, yeah. Yeah. So those were just the full pages of paper. So yeah, I would start with the, I usually work on three at a time. I don't know. I, I tape off areas. So I need things to dry and I kind of work fast, faster than you'd think by seeing the marks, I guess. But yeah, I work on three at a time and begin, I do all the washes in like one day and then go back into them and make a, make a move either like one blocked out shape um, of just flat color, or I start with these patterns and then go from there. And so you just kind of mentioned tape. So, I mean, is there yeah, so. like a, like an elaborate system that you've kind of slowly developed over <laughs> over the course of doing this for so long? Or talking about the big shapes when you're talking about like taping things off? Or are you talking about all the very small detail-oriented kind of like linear kind of design elements? So um, with anything that's that has straight edges, I usually use tape probably. Mm-hmm whether the flat shapes or the pattern shapes with the pattern shapes, usually I might make like um, a stencil out of paper so that it will block off. If I'm doing kind of like a rounded organic shape, I'll cut it out of paper and that and tape it down. That way I don't go past those edges. Mm-hmm. Um, but no tape is just, I use like a washi tape. That's really lovely. And so I just decide what shape I want and just go for it. It sounds like I should do more planning, I guess, but <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, I mean, again, that's, that's the interesting thing is again, you, you learn that, you know, artists really kind of develop these very particular ways of working that yeah. essentially wind up, you know, serving them, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, and again, it's interesting because, you know, like uh, that design element, um, it seems to shift too, depending on, on the format. And I know that, again, I just kind of mentioned these, 
more rectilinear um, shaped paintings that maybe are slightly older than the mm-hmm. newer ones, which are all on, on circles. But again, it seems like maybe the older work, there's kind of like this overall, I shouldn't say overall pattern, but that, that it's, it's prone, prone to have more, more of those like small linear elements, whereas like the newer stuff, it seems like it's, I don't know, less, less uh, prominent. Like there's more relationships right. with the larger kind of flat shapes. Um, and again, really dimensional in the way that like some of them look like they're unfolding or, you know, like they're cross sections of other, other parts. Aside from just kind of like moving away from that rectangle, yeah. What is it about that kind of like circular shape? Because there is something about it that makes it kind of more exciting in some ways, you know. Well, I guess squares are very hip now. Like when I was first in school, you always painted on a rectangle, and then now squares are more a thing because I think because of Instagram actually, because everything's represented in a square, and it's more like pleasant to the eye. You can kind of, you know, count on one side being the same length, um, but. Circles I've always liked. I bought circular paper from a store once and was working on it. I really liked it. So I wanted to get away from just the rectangle because I'm always making shapes. And then I was trying to see if I could make shapes with the paper, with like the canvas I'm using. So I went for the circle, even though I feel like I should probably push it further and maybe try different shapes. But um, yeah, I got a plate that I trace every time. (laughs) That's the same size. And I don't know. There's something really pleasing about a circle, very like comforting. And, you know, everybody, everybody can relate to a circle, the sun, the moon, the world, the, I mean, it's, it's everywhere. I was going to say, so again, like the, the, some of the previous bodies of work with that kind of like rectilinear format, again, roughly like, you know, 20, I think 20 by 26, somewhere right. in there. Um, yep. So these, these circular ones, what, what scale are they? They're, I think 17 and a quarter inch diameter. Okay. So. Yeah, it's it's interesting to think about how that format really, I don't know, it changes it a little bit, you know? Like, again, we we maybe think of, like, a rectangle, again, you know, very easily as, like, a landscape. And, you know, certainly, right. like, our, you know, our window to the world is a, a, a rectangle. So there's something really interesting to me to see that, that circular format. I don't know. It seems to change to me, you know, based on the way that it's formatted to the edge when it's on a circle as opposed to that that rectangle. There's something really kind of exciting about that. Yeah. You never know where the bottom will be or, you know, if some, if I sell it and someone hangs it, there's no real, I mean, there's a bottom that I would consider the bottom, but it doesn't have to be the bottom for someone else. Sure. Sure. And, and again, I guess when you're working on these, is that something that also kind of like comes into it or yeah, like, I don't, I don't know. I'd imagine you could constantly keep turning these and being like, no, this is the orientation. <laughs> right. Right. And actually I feel like that happens more in pictures when I take pictures of the art. Cause then I'm taking a kind of a step back and then I sort of, you know, rotate it on my phone and see what I think works best. I think that's easier because hanging them on the wall is not super easy to do, <laughs> mm-hmm. being, which presents a challenge, but yeah, I kind of play with it and see what makes sense for the, the orientation of the circle. Like in terms of working, are you working flat or are you working on, you know, like a, a easel type surface or something where you can kind of see it or on the wall or. Yeah. Flat. I'm a huncher. I, I make oh. a nest for myself and I, <laughs> and I put on my lawn order and I paint. <laughs> yeah. I know the feeling, I guess, then, you know? Yeah. Well, and it's, again, it's interesting to think about it too, because again, we, I think the, that word design kind of came out super early. But um, I don't know, I, I would imagine that as you're working through these, again, there's a lot of like time to kind of like reflect and, and maybe kind of work back through as you're 
you know, kind of thinking about these, but when you're working on the, the three of them at the same time, I mean, are, are, are there color relationships with these or are they always like different, you know, color palettes when you're working on these, these three separate works? Yeah. Usually each one has their own kind of color palette, which is derivative from the wash that I do. Usually that kind of sets the tone. And sometimes I do, like if I'm halfway through a painting and I'm not really sure, I'll take a picture and print it out and try and draw on it and see, try out different things. Are there any kind of strange materials uh, or, or anything that kind of like adds um, to the like opacity or transparency or anything like that? I know sometimes uh, with acrylic mediums, there's so many different options. Um, or is it all kind of like acrylic paint? Yeah, I'm really... Yeah. I don't use any, cause there are so many options. There's, oh, I keep it really flat cause the, I use really thick watercolor paper. So everything sort of soaks in. So with the tape too, I sometimes have problems with it pulling up some of the paper. So I just keep it minimal. If I want it more transparent, I just add water. I really don't cause there are tons of different mediums you can add, but I'm real, I'm a real stickler for just water, I guess. Sure. Sure. Well, again, <laughs> I mean, I think, um, there's some, there's something about keeping things simple and pushing, right. pushing them to like the, the farthest that they'll go almost, you know? Yeah. In terms of like color, is there a, a, maybe like a process to that too? Cause I would imagine that there's, you know, colors that you can, you know, shift out of the, out of the tube or anything like that. But, you know, sometimes people have like all sorts of canisters of different paint. Are there, is there like formulas that you come up with for, <laughs> for paint yeah. that you get really like into and then tuck them away for a while if you're too tempted to go back or. So with acrylic, you can't really keep colors, which kind of stinks. Once it, once it's out, it's drying in less than an hour. So mm -hmm. sometimes I mix colors for bigger washes, um, but I have all. I use mostly only golden paint, and I just have every color out. And sometimes, you know, I can't find them, and I'll use certain other colors for a time. But I think after using the same colors for so long, I definitely have pairs that I really like together. Mm -hmm like a matte purple and a transparent neon yellow and white. I really love that together. Like, I think there are just some that relate to others for me, especially for like um, doing gradations or on the small marks and things like that. Like, it's interesting to think about how you're, you can look back at older work and kind of think about how it's evolved. Yeah. And for me, I'm always surprised because I, again, if I think back to like the work that I was making as a BFA student, it was so, um, rudimentary almost, or I don't know, you know, just like the, the technical side of it, it's interesting to think about how that evolves. And I'm curious then with all, you know, like the color pairings and all that, is that something that has also kind of really shifted as you kind of continue this work? Yeah, I think so. I think I was doing abstract work. Um, I'd say around like 2014, that was kind of looser and big brush and messier, um, and more free. So I don't know if that's good or not. Cause I feel like now I, I definitely have more rules and I'm trying to give myself less rules, which is hard. It's just so funny how you set things up for yourself, but yeah, some it's interesting to see where everything started and where everything came, came from. And I think a lot of the design work came from doing paper cuts. So I would spend like five hours a day cutting out each paintbrush mark and now just painting it is a lot easier than cutting it all out too. So, so I think that repetitiveness, it really is calming for me. So I think, I don't know, I, I'm letting myself do what's comfortable, which is the work I'm doing now, I guess. Well, and to think about that relative to like a, a system or rules, I mean, what mm -hmm. kind of, what kind of rules, um, 
like would you say are are kind of like present then and and kind of the most current work in terms of how you're working through it well i think just like i i i'm very routine in general as a person and i think um you know i do the washes i do three at a time and then i'll start with a shape and then i'll go from so i i've been really trying to not give myself so many rules or stop sooner than i think maybe and just let it be for a while Mm -hmm. And recently I just actually last week I took an encaustic class and I brought some circles with me. Um, and it was really fun to learn a technique and a new technique and, um, using tape again to make the shape. So it was basically the same sort of idea of painting, but with wax and it was definitely more freeing. And so I'm going to try and take some of those ideas and put it into my newer work, I guess. Well, and one of the things I've I've maybe worked in encaustic once, but one of the things that I thought was really always really exciting about it is that you can kind of like, like shine it, you know, you can oh, kind yeah. of like buff it for, um, you know, like a different look. So I, I would think relative to, you know, where your work is at, I mean, that's, that would be something that could be kind of really interesting in relationship to some of the other shapes or if they're mixed or. And it's so fast too, which I really like about it. Like you can, you can, um, mask off an area and paint it and it dries within like two minutes, the whole pro, you know what I mean? The whole process is so fast and, and so exciting. And if you don't like it, you just torch it and it melts away, <laughs> which is pretty amazing. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, and I, I'm curious then too, like for these current paintings, how long uh, would you say it, it takes you to, to run through one of them or to, to complete one? Like hour-wise or day-wise? Or... Well, yeah, either either or. Because, I mean, again, I, th- I think it's always interesting. I remember like one of the first times that I dropped off something to a gallery and I gave a price and the person was like, well, you know. This didn't take very long. You know? Ugh, I know. And I'm like, I don't know. It's like 20 hours. You know, it's, it's a chunk. But, you know, 20 hours to me might be like, you know, I, I talked to s- some people that spend four months on a piece. So, yeah, no, definitely not that long. <laughs> like weeks or. I think it dep- depends on how much time I have in the studio and how focused I am. And if something's really speaking to me or if it's not, it takes a lot longer and I'll, you know, I'll leave it sitting there for a couple of weeks. But usually it could take me you know, maybe five days, five sittings to get through it. Or, I mean, I've done a painting in a day that I've liked, which is maybe too fast for painters, I guess. But um, I'd say a week to two weeks for a piece, depending. It seems like when you're working in series like that, there's a level of, um, I don't know, letting them kind of talk to each other too, or help kind of inform what the other ones do. Or right. I'm sure like... You know, you you would do something in one, and it's kind of like exaggerated in another, or pushed in another way. So that kind of relationship between all of them, I'm sure, you know, is kind of always there too. Yeah, or I'll be working on one and get a really good idea, and then I'm like sick of the one I'm working on. I just want to make a new one with my new idea, and I find that happens a lot where I want to do something, and I'm I'm always too excited, and I can't wait. I'm that type of person. (laughs) (laughs) Then I just stop and go to something else. Well, and I guess, you know, maybe we talked a little bit about the rules or some of the processes kind of involved too, but like in terms of the way that they're kind of received, I mean, again, is it really just kind of about that formal experience for you? Something that's going to really like ping on all those levels of like color and shape and form and all that? Yeah, I think it's mostly about color, but I also like, um, so when I finished college, probably in 2014, I did a lot of tiny portraits, one inch by one inch portraits. And I always like doing small things because people really have to come up and look at it. They can't just like walk by with their friend and ignore it. They have to go up and see. So I feel like a lot of these paintings, I really, I like doing the small marks because you have to go up and look. I mean, you can look at it from a distance and that's fine, 
but it really makes you have to come closer to be like, how did, how did she do that? Or why would someone do that? <laughs> or, you know, it, it makes the person come closer. And that's what I like. I like having that relationship um, to the viewer. Well, and I'd imagine, you know, and again, like 20 feet away or, you know, even farther. Right. It'd be hard to even determine that it's paint, you know, I mean, right. especially those because because the some of the pattern elements are so, you know, geometrically, geometrically tight and kind of rigid that I would imagine, you know, seeing them from that distance, you're kind of like, oh, that looks like a collage. Right. And then there's this kind of like level of like, oh, no, like, you know, like that level of discovery that's always, you know, kind of interesting when you get to look at something, you know, really close. Yeah. I think a lot of people, if they don't look up close, they think it's a print or it's from a computer. That's what I mostly get from people. Interesting and maybe frustrating. I don't know. Or <laughs> maybe you need a sponsorship for a computer. I know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I need a Mac sponsorship. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, no, exactly, right? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll use the computer, sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I'm curious then too, like in terms of like a studio setup then, do you have like a bunch of these kind of all up and around that you're kind of looking at? Or are you like a artist that'll like turn everything, you know, towards the wall? I don't want to see anything while I'm, you know, working on something that's new. Um, I really just have piles of things. Um, I work in a really small corner. So um, I share a studio with three other artists. So it's a pretty small space. But um, when I'm working out, you know, I work on one, put it over there bring the other one back over, look at that one and, you know, kind of just pile things up. And then I sometimes, and then I'll hang them on the wall and, you know, step back and see what's going on. But for the most part, yeah, lots of piles. <laughs> well, and again, you kind of really develop this own, you know, like a language almost. And I'm curious then too, are there any things that you, you kind of think about that are like external that kind of help shape that, you know, things that maybe don't automatically relate uh, to somebody that, you know, wouldn't be making them again. I, I, cause especially when I think about color, I mean, most of my color, you know, again, just comes from seeing, you know, light hit something. Right. Um, so I'm just kind of curious, you know, like where you're at. I mean, cause again, the, some of the, the washes almost seem reminiscent of landscapes, but then there's like this side that looks digital, but I don't know. I mean, again, that's something that's projected too. So I'm just kind of curious if there's, you know, other things that people wouldn't know that kind of influence these. Yeah. I think, um, you know, just taking in everyday life. Like I love, um, going to grocery stores. If you go really early to the grocery store, like all the boxes of soda are in a line and beautiful. And I, and I love those, you know, everything's bright and crisp and colorful. So I think I take in a lot of my surroundings and, you know, I'll find like an oil spill on the ground, you know, from a car or something, um, and look at the shapes of that and the colors I see. And I'll definitely like see things either online or just walking around. I'm like, Ooh, I want to, I want to make that color or that color combination. And also I teach a lot of younger kids. So when I watch them draw, they, you know, they can barely hold a pencil and they're just trying to do anything. And, um, I sometimes look at their shapes and they're just so beautiful and honest that I take, take some ideas from, from that as well. Well, I think especially like thinking about it relative to the other work, I would imagine that, you know, like that level of detail is something that's hard to maybe kind of consider, like how much detail do I need in these? Right. Yeah. And then maybe thinking about like, again, like the way that, you know, like a, <laughs> a young kid might be kind of like working through that in terms of shape. I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, because sometimes, I mean, again, like, it's very easy for, I think, artists to kind of get into their head that, you know, like, something has to be overly complex. And 
I don't know, I would think that would almost be kind of something refreshing to be able to kind of, I don't know, reinforce something that might be more pared down. And again, I would I would note that it seems like some of the the current work, there's some of them that, again, maybe seem much more pared down than, you know, something that you would have done years before. I think I'm just trying not to overload people with tiny shit, I don't know, or make not make it too much um, to look at. Or sometimes I'll do so many patterns that it's hard to see them or there's not enough reference to shape. Well, and when you you know, exhibit these, are these all like integrated just by, by series or maybe also different bodies of work, or is it mostly like the same format that you'll show in the same series at the same time? Yeah, usually. So I just had a show in March. And so I had these circle paintings. I had about six of them framed and then I had some rectangles hanging that are 26 by 21. And I did a series of, I called them tin cans, even though they kind of look like iPhone covers, mm-hmm. <laughs> these just weirdly shaped papers that I, I kind of used old paper that I had started. And those were presented in a circle on the wall, which was kind of cool. So yeah, I guess I show by series. So mostly circles. And then I've been doing some smaller collages with four by six inch papers that I work on in between paintings. So, I mean, all sort of the same color vein and, and application. Interesting. And I I guess, you know, just because there is going to be a, you know, opening that you have coming up in in a few weeks. And again, just to make sure that I plug this correct, Lord, help us get it all together. Um, and it opens May 5th. It's at Lens Gallery. Is that, is that, where's that in Massachusetts then? That's, um, in the south end of Boston. So there's, um, it's on Harrison Ave, which is basically where all the smaller galleries are. So, mm-hmm. um, it'll be opening on the first Friday. Um, so that's a big, all the galleries open the first Friday of every month with new shows. So, oh, how many pieces do you have in the show then? I'm not quite sure yet. It's, uh, me and Adam O'Day. So we're going to bring the work and see how it fits in the space. So, We'll split it probably six to 10 pieces. I'm not sure. Sure, sure. Well, and again, like thinking about it relative to then, you know, again, it's weird to like exhibit and then, you know, feel like there's this hole um, in life. Um, Definitely. Is that something where you've like maybe consciously will, you know, shift your work, you know, after an exhibition like that? Or is it like doesn't really matter because you're going to kind of keep continuing, you know, like this format or, you know, this exploration until it just literally, you know, crashes out until you get so, you know, excited <laughs> about the next thing. Um, I'm, I'm curious, is there something coming up or is it? Yeah. So usually I have a show and then I'm like, okay, I'm done with that. I need to, I usually go into like a little bit of a funk or, you know, a wall, but with these circles, I, I'm really, I'm still interested in them. I've been doing them for, I guess, over a year now, and I've made maybe 30 plus. And I just, I just really still like them. So usually I get sick of something by now, but I'm still into them. So I'm going to, I think I'm going to ride it out until, until it crashes and burns. But, um, I'm also working on some, I, some canvases, some six, 16 by 20 canvases mm-hmm. that are more loose. So I'm trying to play around with that and, you know, keep it open and, you know, try new things, <laughs> try yeah, new yeah. Old things that I used to do, you know? <laughs> well, it's weird too, though, because I think, you know, you do it long enough and then there's almost like a cyclical thing that happens where you're, yeah. you know, thinking about something that you hadn't thought about in, you know, 10 years, but it it's totally relevant to what you're thinking about, you know, 
And yeah, definitely. Shifts the work in some ways. Um, well, exciting. Um, so where can people find your work? Are you in social media and all sorts of different places? Yes. So um, I, I love Instagram. So my handle is just Vanessa Erzik on Instagram. Facebook I use for events and things like that. Um, I do Twitter a little bit and I'm two toned Nessa on that, but it's mostly just reposts of Instagram work. <laughs> and then of course, Vanessa Erzik to see all the, the paintings and all yes. sorts of stuff uh, for your website. Yeah. Well, very cool. Again, I really appreciate you taking the time uh, to talk with me today about your work. It's exciting stuff. Thank you so much. Thanks once again to Vanessa for joining me. Of course, you can check out her website, VanessaErzik.com, for more information. Once again, her show entitled Lord Help Us Get It All Together opens at Lens Gallery with Adam O'Day. It's Friday, May 5th from 6 to 8.30 p.m. So if you live in the Boston area, go check it out. Just another reminder that our 2017 competition is now open to all undergrad and grad students. So if you are a current BA or BFA student or MA, MFA student, you can apply. Again, if you go to studiobreak.com, you'll find a page with all the information. It's really simple. You either email your website that has at least 10 images and an artist statement, or you can simply attach 10 images and an artist statement in an email and There you go. The application fee is a mere $5, and again, you can make that via the PayPal donation button on our homepage. But once again, visit studiobreak.com to find out more information. And once again, our deadline is open from now until May 31st, so get those applications in. If you see a lot of endless nights in the studio, I do encourage you to check out some of the episodes that you might have missed out on by visiting Studio Break. Again, you can, of course, listen and peruse work right there on our Studio Break page, or you can click that iTunes link and subscribe to the podcast and check them out there as well. Of course, if you like the podcast, you could help us out by leaving comments in iTunes or, of course, sharing it in a number of social media formats. So, Please check out our Facebook page and like it. You can also go to our Tumblr account, that's studio-break.tumblr. And, of course, you can send your tweets, your art, and all sorts of stuff to at Studio Break on Twitter. Before we get out of here, I want to thank Skylar Mail, who provides the music to Studio Break. You can check out his artwork. His website is skylarmail.net. If you'd like to see some of my recent paintings, you can visit davidlinaway.com and check them out. And there you have our episode for the week. We hope that you enjoyed listening. We'll talk to you real soon.